welcome to Legal Light, where we discuss everything e-discovery. Legal Light is brought to you by Outlaw e-discovery, the UK's leading independent e-discovery service provider, and your host, Matt Altes. CEO and founder of Outlaw eDiscovery. Hello again and welcome. My name is Matt from Outlaw eDiscovery. We're joined today by Damon Gaduto from NextLP. So Damon, welcome. Hey, thanks Matt. Really good of you to come over. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So you've been around eDiscovery and legal technologies for quite a while now. Yep, long time. Tell us about your career. Okay, well, like most things in my life, it all started with one of my many failures, right? I was went to law school, wasn't very good at it. Knew about halfway through law school I wasn't going to be a lawyer. Um, a lot of my professors sort of encouraged me to get away from law pretty early on. Um, but, you know, I wanted to finish. I was taking out a bunch of loans, got the degree, um, and then figured I you know, might need to find a job at some point to pay those loans back. So, had, you know, didn't have a lot of positive role models in and lawyers and people who are actually practicing law, but I had some friends selling technology and they seemed to really like what they were doing. So I jumped out of law school, got into technology sales. I was selling network computer systems. Um, and at some point, my company got acquired. I was living on the West Coast of, of the US. I was living in California. And a company bought us and said, hey, we really like what you're doing. Do you want to move to New Jersey um, and start working for us? And I went, you know, I'm, I think I'm good. I'm, you know, I was in my late 20s. I was living in Los Angeles. I, I was from Philadelphia originally, so I, I understood the East Coast experience. I've, I just wanted to stick a little, stick around the West Coast a little bit more. Um, and a recruiter found me and said, look, you've got a legal background. You've got a technology background. There's this new legal technology field. What do you think? And I went, yeah, sure. And about three weeks after that, I had landed um, a scanning and coding product project from Philip Morris Tobacco. And that sort of you know, everything grew from there and I've been in it ever since. Talking about the West Coast, I do happen to know you were an actor. Now that's a huge jump from acting to e-discovery. Yeah, maybe not as huge as you would think, right? Yeah. Because I wasn't a good actor. Again, I was a terrible, so, you know, it, it all started for me, I grew up as a boxer. All I ever wanted to be was the middleweight champion of the world. And so through that, through boxing, at some point there were some pictures taken that might've led to a little brief modeling thing, which led to a little brief acting thing. And that's originally what got me out to Los Angeles. But again, much like the practice of law, I, I think a man needs to know his limitations. And I had absolutely no talent in that area, even though I'm probably coming, coming across very well on this interview. No, maybe, probably not. But, you know, I, I think you have to gravitate towards what you're good at. And I was always good at talking to people, but I wasn't very good at memorizing other people's words and speaking in front of a camera. So, Well, my next question was, the acting, was that something you always wanted to do? But you just said boxing. That's, that's really, that's thrown me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, no, I never had any kind of desire or dream to be an actor. But it's one of those things where if somebody says, hey, we're going to put you on TV, how does that sound? I mean, I think that most people probably sounds pretty good, right? Until you actually have to do it. And six days a week, 12 hours a day, you're sort of holed up in this little, um, this little studio, these little environments. And it just wasn't, you know, wasn't very fun. Boxing was something that, you know, I craved. I loved the energy of it. I loved training for fights. I just loved, you know, competing at that level. That was, that was really where my heart was at. Have you got any claims to fame in the boxing? Yeah, well, yeah, but again, they're all failures, right? My, my, my claim to fame, I really thought I was going to go to the Olympics in 1996, but leading up to the Olympics, I had an amateur fight down in Florida where I fought, um, at the time, a relatively unknown fighter named Roy Jones Jr. Uh, well, you know, I thought, oh, he's probably going to be a pretty good fighter later on. I mean, he 
cleaned me out, right? Just destroyed me. I never knew he was going to go on to be Roy Jones Jr., maybe maybe the greatest pound-for-pound fighter of all time. So um, had I known that, maybe I would have stuck around a little longer. But I, again, I realized my limitation there and said, let's find something you're better at, like talking to people and maybe legal technology. So you fool Roy Jones Jr.? I did, in an amateur fight in, I don't know, 95 or 94, yeah. Oh my God, I want to kiss you. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm sorry. This was the 88. This was 86, probably 87 when I fought Roy. It was the 88 Olympics. I'm a little older than, than I probably let on. That is amazing. I mean, you completely throw me now. Really? Yeah. I did not, I did not know these things. Well, I figure, Matt, you, you're interviewing a lot of very intelligent and uh, successful people. So I figure I'm here for comedy relief and, you know, I'm doing my best to live up to that reputation. Put yourself down. <laughs> So tell us about NextLP. That's what we're, we're, we're here to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So NextLP, software company, artificial intelligence, on the front bleeding edge of AI technology, we focus on the building of artificial intelligence models. And I think what's really important about that is, you know, technology is a great tool. But to make technology successful, you really need to combine the technology with human expertise. And that's something I think NextLP is really good at, which is leverage this world-class artificial intelligence, combine it with human expertise and the knowledge that those experts have to build AI models to eliminate um, that cold start problem, right? I think the biggest problem we have in reviewing information inside of legal is you're starting from scratch on every matter, right? And the reason you hire experienced lawyers and you don't hire some kid who's a failure like me out of law school is because that, that lawyer has experience. He or she understands the context of the information um, that's happened in the past and knows, all right, this is what we're looking for. These are things that are probably false positives. But yet when we start a new project in discovery, we tend to just maybe recycle some search terms, but we're not leveraging that expertise. So you can take all that expertise that's been created in those other databases, build AI models, and use that to start your matter and, and take leaps and bounds ahead of where you would start with that cold start. And that's really where the future of this business goes. So what are some of the key features with NextLP? Sure, yeah. I mean, obviously the model building technology. So what makes NextLP successful is the number of features that are incorporated into, that, into those models. If I were to send you an email you know, tomorrow and it said, Matt, what are you doing and who are you with? And you don't answer. And then four days later, I say, Matt, what are you doing and who are you with? And you don't answer. All right, the text of that is fine, but if I send that to you at three o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. and you know, I'm, you're, I'm your superior and I'm trying to date you and you don't reply, well, that's harassment. That's a pattern of behavior. The text is exactly the same. So understanding all those things that go into those communications that don't have anything to do with the text, but maybe it's the time of day something's sent or maybe it's the sentiment analysis, right? The pressure behind it or whether there's a high opportunity signal or rationalization. All those things are great fraud indicators. If we wanted to com commit fraud, you know, I'm not going to say, hey, Matt, we should commit fraud. And you're going to go, yes, fraud is awesome. We should totally commit fraud. Yeah, let's commit. No. So if you search for fraud, you're not going to find it. But there's signals that can point to when there's a ripe environment for fraud. And that's really that behavioral context that XLP specializes in to be able to isolate those things. So what does that mean um, for our clients in the UK in, in real terms in, in, in regards to their reviews? Yeah, what it comes down to is false positives, right? And I think if there's pushback in the legal world, a lot of it is around 
you know, when you look at predictive coding or you look at something like NextLP, which is predictive coding on steroids, it's easy to say, oh, no, we want to be conservative. We want to look at every document. Well, yeah, but who does that benefit? It benefits the law firms. Um, it benefits the service providers who like looking at every document. It doesn't benefit the client. So you've got to look at ways to drive efficiencies. And using advanced technology, you can drive incredible efficiencies. So, you know, if you wanted to find something around personal injury and you're looking for something like neck pain, well, you don't want to get all the times when somebody says, you know, that guy's a pain in the neck to work with, right? All those false positives, you end up, you're paying some lawyer 50, 100, 200 pounds an hour to look at false positives and review a lot of information he or she should not be reviewing. So that's the key is limit the false positives, get to the relevant information a lot quicker and more efficiently. So there are quite a few products and uh, softwares out there that sure. actually claim to do a similar thing. Mm -hmm. What are some of the USPs with NextLP? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it always goes back to the features. You know, our co-founder and chief data, data scientist is a guy named Dr. Dan Roth. He won the 2017 John McCarthy Award. That's like the Nobel Prize for AI uh, research. So leading AI scientists in the world. And when I've talked to him about, you know, what's the difference? What makes certain technologies succeed and certain technologies fail? And he said, look, the algorithms, the underlying algorithms are all pretty close to the same. If you get like a 0.2% improvement, you know, you could win an award for that. And academically, that's really huge. But in business problems, I don't think it really solves a lot of issues. You know, you can't really determine that level of granularity. But the features that you're capturing, right? Like I said, the time of day something was sent, uh, the emotional intelligence behind it, the role, right? If I send an email out and I say, this is all crazy, our company stinks, I just want to quit, and I'm an intern who's been there two weeks, it's a very different connotation and meaning than if you're the CEO who sends the exact same words out. So understanding the role of the sender, you know, all of those features give richness to it. And then the entity extraction, being able to say, you know, you're Matt, but you're also Matthew, and you're the boss, and big cheese at AOL.com, you know, all of those things that that you're identified as, being able to combine that into one entity. So if I just say, show me Matt's documents, I get all those things. I don't have to search for every possible variation. Again, it drives a lot of efficiencies in when you're searching data. And these are things that the your, your competitors don't that's correct, yeah. I mean, other companies will do some entity extraction. Maybe they'll, they'll pull two or three entities out. We've got 40 or 50 different entities. And we even give you the ability to create your own entities. Highlight a block of text, name it as an entity, and then you've got the entity saved and train the system on looking for that entity. So like, if you're doing something with GDPR or in Brazil with the, uh, the LGPD, all those privacy applications, Technology usually gets you 80% of the where 80% of the way there to solve problems. If you can highlight some text and and teach the system what's important, that's going to get you the extra 20% of the way there, which is really powerful. So, how many documents does one have to review in order to to train the machine? Yeah, great question. So, normally in our metrics, we found that you never will have to review. You, you very rarely will ever have to review more than 2,000 documents to get the stability in the system. And we're tracking, you know, F1, recall, richness, all of those things to give you the metrics along the way. Before 2,000 documents, 98% of the time, you're going to come to complete stability. And so, when you're looking at a data set um, and promoting it into a review platform, mm -hmm. do you have any metrics as to um, what sort of percentage would be promoted in, in any data set, or is it? It's going to be case by case dependent, but uh, you know, we can tell you that the, the results are incredibly accurate, right? That's the key is the feedback we get on NextLP is people think it's uncanny. And, you know, you look at human review and, and 
I don't want to say the problem, maybe the challenge with human review is people vary. We've had data sets, you know, we do a lot of testing at NextLP to see how good our technology is, right? And we've had human review data sets. And a law firm will give it to us and they'll say, okay, now run your algorithms and compare it to what's been reviewed. So we do that. And there's always discrepancies. And then they'll take, a lot of times they'll take that data that's been reviewed by people, send it back to different reviewers and review it. And the, the, there's incredible variation in how humans subjectively de, uh, decide on what's relevant and what's not relevant. So you know, th having some formula behind that is really, really important because you don't, you know, you don't get that situation where you've got, uh, I don't know, maybe somebody had a, a football match the night before and had a little too many and comes in the next day and starts reviewing information or somebody's going through a breakup with a loved one or had a death in the family. You know, there's a lot of emotional variations in human review. But the technology, those models that act like little brains that have read every document, understand why everything is relevant, and more importantly, maybe what's not relevant, and statistically can sort of guide you in that direction is really, really powerful. You've, you've shared an awful lot with us so far. Um, and I feel I do understand the, the technology a little bit better than right. I did before. Um, we come to this part of the show where we ask you, did you know? And what you're going to do is hopefully yes. share, and, and you've already shared an awful lot, share with us and the wider world something that we didn't know about you. So we ask, did you know that Damon Gadupo? Uh, did you know that that's vodka in my drink and not water? So it makes a section makes a section a little easier. Uh, did you know? Well, I mean, I already disclosed I was a boxer, right? That's something that most people don't know. I did it for about 15 years from age eight onward. Um, I was an actor. It's probably another thing that uh, you know, I'm not super proud of or was very good at, but it is something that's sort of unusual. Um, I've lived in seven markets around the world, essentially building out e-discovery companies. Um, I've built and sold three uh, legal technology companies just in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, Do you want to name them? Yeah, sure, yeah. Iris Data Services, I was co-founder of that company. We sold that to Epic Systems in 2015. Along those lines, I'd built out uh, a company called iTech, which was a New York-based, paper-based discovery company, which was eventually absorbed by Iris and got transitioned to the sale of Epic. Uh, a company called ThreadKM, which was a really innovative, cool, Slack-style communication platform um, that really helps change the way that lawyers communicate and share information related to the document management system. That was acquired by NetDocuments in 2017. Um, you know, now, of course, I'm working with, with NextLP, but it's been, uh, it's been really exciting. I, I've always been fascinated by legal tech because, well, this is a good did you know. When I was in my last year of law school, um, I had two electives I needed to take, could have taken anything. And my buddy came to me and he goes, what about uh, technology in the law? And I went, well, oh, that's stupid. Like, I know how to do research. Why would I ever take that class? He goes, no, I hear there's big cases and there's databases. And this was, you know, 1994, 95. And I went, no, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. And I never did. And of course, it's been my life. I never took the class. It's been my life ever since. Um, and it's fascinating to me because in technology, you're always sort of on that innovation cusp, pushing the envelope forward, trying to get innovative and create new things. And legal is all about managing risk and being conservative and, and not wanting to push the envelope. And seeing how those worlds collide has always been fascinating to me. It's, it's the, the buying behavior. I think that's what really keeps me going. It's fun. Damon, thank you hey, so much for man. coming in. Great, great talking to you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thanks, for, thanks for coming over. You got it. Cheers. So that's a wrap for season one with more fantastic interviews from other leaders in e-discovery in the next series, which is coming very, very soon. Legal Light was brought to you by Altlaw e-discovery, the UK's leading independent e-discovery service provider. 
If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to like, comment and share and please leave us a review. For more information on our products and services, visit www.altlaw.co.uk. That's www.altlaw.co.uk.